0: This episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by the Gain, Grow, Retain Podcast, hosted by Jeff Brunsbach and Jay Nathan, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. Gain, Grow, Retain is built to inspire SaaS and technology leaders who are facing day-to-day challenges of scaling. Jeff and Jay share conversations about growing and scaling subscription businesses with a customer-first approach. Check out all the episodes recently they did one on onboarding such a key thing when you want to get going keep and retain those clients so listen to gain grow retain wherever you get your podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the duct tape marketing podcast. This is John Jantz, and my guest today is David Novak. He's the founder and CEO of David Novak Leadership, the parent organization to five nonprofits dedicated to developing leaders at every stage of life from ages five to 65. Love that. David is also the host of the top-ranked business podcast, How Leaders Lead, with David Novak. He's also a New York Times bestselling author, Taking People With You, The Only Way to Make big things happen. And we're going to talk about his newest book today. He's the co-author of Take Charge of You, How Self-Coaching Can Transform Your Life and Career. And of course, you know, I'll just throw this in as a throw-in. He was a co-founder, the retired chairman and CEO of Yum! Brands, one of the world's largest restaurant companies. So David, welcome to the show. (laughs) Thank you, John. It's an honor to be with you. So are you... In some ways, we're going to talk about self-coaching, right? So are you in some ways, and probably not intentionally, but are you in some ways taking on the existing coaching industry?
1: Well, I never really thought of it that way. I think what I've really tried to do is, you know, when you look at all the research out there, there's a big problem. People aren't getting the coaching that they, they want to get at work. You know, it's well above 50% of people who are totally dissatisfied that they're not getting developed at work. Yeah. Then you compound that with what's happened with the pandemic and all the virtual working. So people are not around their coaches. So even if you're getting, even if you have a good coach, you don't get to see them now. You know, as we thought about writing this book, you know, I wanted to come at coaching at a different angle. There are a lot of coaching books out there, but I hadn't seen anything where people were really taught how to coach Themselves, And, yeah. you know, because not everybody can uh, afford a business coach like you or me, or not everyone could afford a sports performance coach like Jason Goldsmith, who I co-wrote the book with. But what we decided is that we could give people the tools and the processes we use to, to coach others and help them coach themselves to success. And the basic premise is, is life's too short to delegate your life and your career to someone else. You need to, stay, need to step up and take accountability for it.
0: So, so, you know, you mentioned the pandemic, and obviously a lot of people are familiar with people talking about the great resignation. But I think the great resignation is more about just kind of, I want to rethink what I want to do with my life, maybe. I mean, I, I want to change careers or I want to change this thing. So, so obviously I would say that the need for, Self reflection, at least, if not self coaching, is probably greater than ever.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny. We started writing this just before the pandemic, but I don't think there's ever been a book that's better time right. for what's going on out there because, you know, people right now have had more time in the last two, two, two years or more to really self reflect and to understand, you know, what makes them tick. You know, yeah. what we give people is a process for doing that so that you can end up in the right place. And, Part of that, John, is really understanding what your joy blockers are and what your joy builders are and how to really get at the single biggest thing that could have the biggest impact on your life. And, you know, I think giving people tools, what I love about this book more than anything, John, is just the exercises and the processes that you have to go through to to really, you know, be a self-coach. You know, it's a book you can read straight through and enjoy it, but the people who are going to get the most out of it are going to do the exercises in the book.
0: Yeah, it's definitely more of a hands-on tool, yeah. <laughs> uh, right. so to speak. But well, one of the things that, that we all know is the best question. The, the best coaches don't tell you what to do; they ask you questions. <laughs> so, questioning is a big part of this book, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think we we start out by just, sitting, just talking about the need to have a self-coaching conversation. You know, a conversation yeah, yeah. with yourself. We ask people questions that cause them to reflect on where they're at. And you mentioned it earlier, John, you know, self-awareness is absolutely critical. You know, you if you're coaching someone else, you got to help them build self-awareness. And if you're coaching yourself, you better have a process that can get you to understand, you know, what really makes you tick. And I couldn't agree with you more. It's like great marketing. You know, <laughs> anything that you convince yourself of is infinitely superior to, to, to right. having someone tell you how you're supposed to think or what you're supposed to do. I always say telling isn't selling, you know? Yeah. And so you really want people to come up and draw, with their own conclusions.
0: So it's become very... Fashionable, but I think also useful to talk about coaching in leadership circles, you know that leaders, mm-hmm. best leaders coach. I'm wondering if if you've thought about this as a leadership book. so so the leader you know probably needs to do some self-coaching right. and then teach people to do self-coaching as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I think this is a leadership book. It's a way to help you become a better leader. Right. You know, all the, you know, I do my podcasts, John, and, you know, and I'm sure if you and I spent some time together, I would quickly realize that you've been a great self coach throughout your career. <laughs> you know, all the great leaders are self coaches and, yeah. you know, whether they would necessarily call themselves that or not, I think we've kind of got a new moniker that hopefully we'll, will we'll catch on. Yeah. But, you know, I think that, you know, when you think about why people leave companies. It's been documented many times. There's two reasons why people leave. Number one, they don't feel appreciated for what they do. And number two, they don't get along with their boss. Yep, Yep. They're tied to each other. You know, and so, you know, I've, I really am a big proponent of recognizing people for what they do and coaching versus being a boss. I think being a boss is a, is sort of like a 1950s term, you know, and, you know, (laughs) you know, coaching is really what it's all about today, but still, even though people know it's a valuable trait and great behavior for a leader to have very few people are really good coach. And it's a big problem out there.
0: Yeah. I think there's a level of vulnerability that you have to have as a good coach as well, or as a good mentor leader that, that I think just what you said, the boss term sort of conjures up, no, I'm supposed to have the answer, yeah. you know, as, a, <laughs> and I think that's part it's, of the show. It's
1: humility. You know, the one thing yeah, that humility yeah, yeah. says is it's basically, you know, I need you, you know, it's, yeah, it says, yeah. I can't do it all by myself. You know, the best leaders have a, have an uncanny combination of confidence and humility. Yeah. Nobody's going to follow someone that isn't confident. Right. You, you know, you're gonna not going to be inspired by Eeyore, okay? Yeah. You're going to be inspired by somebody who really believes in something that's possible and believes in other people, and they're confident enough to, to let them know that. And, you know, at the same time, they're humble enough to let everybody know that they need them. And yeah. I think humility is, it's that it's, you can't do it alone. You didn't get there
0: by yourself. Right. It's acknowledging the value of other people. And now let's hear from a sponsor. Running a business is a lot like, I don't know, running a pirate ship? You've got your eye on the prize and the entire crew to coordinate with customizable options. HubSpot CRM platform is carefully crafted in-house. So your business can keep running in ship shape. It's powerful suite of marketing tools work seamlessly together. So you and your teams can deliver a better experience for your customers. Consider it a treasure map with a very clear X marks the spot with HubSpot. Save, reuse, and share your best-performing emails with your team for a faster and more consistent way to communicate with prospects. Use social media tools to schedule and publish updates, monitor terms, and analyze performance. You can even use bot builders to create robust, automated, multi-channel campaigns. Learn how to grow better by connecting your people, your customers and your business at hubspot.com. So uh, very early on in the book, one of the things you ask us to do is identify the, and you mentioned this earlier, but I want you to, I want to go deeper in this, the joy blockers and joy builders. So tell me a little bit about that process yeah. of, yeah. you know, what you're asking people to do there. Yeah.
1: Well, I think, you know, we got to start out with writing down and thinking and reflecting on what blocks your joy, yeah. you know, when, you know, what is it that when you do this or you spend time on it, what really takes your joy away? And then, then you write down what gives you joy. OK, what are those things that, you know, as you spend your time, what gives you joy? Now, then stop and reflect on how you spend your time. Are you on the joy blocker category most of the time? Or are you a joy builder? You know, I think here's where, you know, you're going to find out maybe you might not be matched up with what really. Makes you tick. You know, it's amazing. You know, John, everybody says do what you love, but they don't really think about why. Okay. Why is that so important? Number one, if you love something, you know, you don't work. It's like Warren Buffett says it's like you tap dance to work, you know, but you you really love it. When you love something, you can't wait to learn more about it. You know, that makes you better because you get better at what you do. And I don't know about you, but there are very few things that I love that I'm not at least halfway decent at, okay? And so when you combine all those things, it, you know, you, you can actually end up doing something that you're going to be quite successful at if you can find what that land is. Too many times people, you know, are doing stuff because other people think they should be doing it versus yeah. doing it because this is what they truly love.
0: You know, what's interesting or sort of ironic about that statement though, is that, you know, a lot of times when we're just getting started, With a new skill or a new task, we don't love it because it's hard. It's uncomfortable. We get good at it, as you just said, by sticking with it. And then it brings us joy. And I think sometimes there's a little trap in that, isn't there? Yeah, there could be. You know,
1: that's the harder path. I think it's a harder path when you got to start out doing something that you really don't enjoy. You know, for example, you know, I came up in advertising marketing. I love that. I mean, you know, that's what, you know, that was something I always loved. So I would read everything I could about it, learn everything I could about it. But if you asked me to do, you know, a financial analysis, you know, that would have been pretty tough sledding. Now I learned how to do financial analysis and I can do it, but it wasn't something that I necessarily loved. But if I'd have gone into finance, I don't think I'd end up being a CEO. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I'm curious, why did you land on joy as the key metric? Yeah. Well, I think it's funny. Joy is a real
1: buzzword now. Have you noticed yeah. that? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we just kind of hit on it. Yeah. You know, joy, it, you know, it's, it leads to elation. Yeah. Okay. It's, it like, it gives you, it's more than be, satisfaction. Yeah. Okay. It's glee in, in what you do. You know, it's that tap dance to, to work kind of notion. You you never have to work a day in your life. If you do something that you love, you know, it's, you know, I think that's why we really landed on that. And it's funny now everybody's saying joy. So I feel like, uh, you know, I guess we're going to look like a copycat, but it certainly wasn't there when we started writing the book. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could see some people because this is different for them to think, oh, wait a minute, I'm supposed to coach myself. Do you find that it takes practice to get better at this? So, I mean, you start asking questions and you're like, I don't know, I'll just write something down here. But I mean, have you seen people get better at self-coaching?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I, this is something that we basically have created, John this yeah. whole idea of self-coaching. Right. I've seen people get good at better at coaching, Yeah, but I don't think people have really thought about self-coaching them, you know, self-coaching itself. So yeah. what we hope is that this book helps people really go through that process. And then we're not saying that if you self-coach that you don't nude coaches. In fact, uh-huh. we talked about the importance of having assistant coaches in your life, but yeah. it's focused. You know, yeah. once you go through the self-reflection, Of understanding what you need and what your areas of opportunity are, then you can target where you need to get people to help you and find those assistant coaches that can get you to where you want to go. You know, for example, I did mention Warren Buffett a little bit earlier. When I became CEO at Young Brands, I was a marketing and advertising person. Operations had never really worked with Wall Street. So I said, you know, I looked at myself, I said, man, I better get up to speed on this in a hurry. And I said, who could I learn from? And I said, well, you know, be pretty nice to go get some advice from Warren Buffett. And I was able to use some contacts and get in and go see him. And I think it was 1998 and I saw him through 2016 once a year in Omaha. But, you know, he gave me great advice about how to talk to the Wall Street, how to be a communicator as a CEO. And, you know, but I did that by realizing that I needed to get that skill. And I not only needed to get that skill, I needed to get that skill in a hurry.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So one of the things I think challenges a lot of people and why a good coach is, you know, a good coach holds a mirror up and just like, here's, you know, here's your truth. Right. But I think a lot of us struggle with, I I would see a lot of people struggling with asking themselves or self-coaching a little bit because they're so mired in their own beliefs already that what's true for them maybe is hard for them to see.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. One of the things we talked about the book is to get different data point, so you can really have an accurate assessment of what you are. It's really interesting when you think about coaching, self coaching, whatever. Yeah. You know, one of the keys to any business, as you well know, is the first responsibility of leadership is to define reality.
0: Yep. Okay.
1: Yep. And then you got to create hope. Okay. You know, and inspiration in terms of what you can be. And I think self-coaching forces you to really get a true sense of who you are, a real sense of who you are. And, you know, if you're really focused on that and you want to be a good, you want to do the self-coaching, you're going to be open. You've got to have a growth mindset. You've got to be yeah, open yeah. enough to really, really seek the truth. And it isn't that true. No pun intended. Isn't that true for any great leader is they're looking for truth. Yep. not only in their business, but in themselves. And yep. then they go forward. You know, one of the things I talk about in the book is the exercise I do every year, which is my three by five card exercise, where I write down on one column, you know, what am I today? And the other column is what do I need to be tomorrow? And I do that every January. I write it down and I put it up on the, the refrigerator. I look at it every day. And, you know, I had all of my people that I led at Young Brands do the same thing. And I, every quarter when I was coaching them, I'd go back to this this self-assessment that they had of themselves in terms of where they wanted to go. But that, that, you know, ha- taking the time to do that reflection is important. So many people get caught up in the windmill of work and the rat-a-tat-tat of just going to work and doing their thing and coming home and, you know, yeah. getting up and doing the next thing. They don't, Take the time to reflect, and I think that's what we're seeing right now, John. With this whole Great Resignation, is people now have had the time to reflect, yeah. and that reflection is causing them to say, "Hey, look, I think there could be something more in my life."
0: Yeah, and, and the I think question you, is,
1: what do you run to? It,
0: it, yeah, and I think when you talk about that idea of looking at your joy blockers, joy builders, I imagine there's a whole lot of people that have not sat down and said, "I, ha- I even looked at what, what am I doing, you know, day to day in my work or in my job that is causing me stress, and I didn't even realize it." you know, or causing me joy. And I didn't even realize
1: it. You know, I, when I, I never really felt like I retired because I went to something else. Okay. But when I was talking to myself and self-coaching myself on what's next for me, you know, what I realized that that gave me joy was, was basically three things. The thing that gave me the most joy at work was teaching leadership. I taught a program called taking people with you. I did it to over Mm -hmm. 4,000 people. It was the hardest thing I did, but the thing that gave me the most joy. And within that framework, I help people figure out how to take what they thought was the single biggest thing that they were working on and make it a reality in young brands. The second thing that I really realized gives me big joy is my family. And the third thing is golf. You know, I would like to really become a really good senior amateur golfer. Those three things. So I said, I'm going to spend the rest of my life on those three things. (laughs) And anything that gets in the way of those things, I'm going to basically say No. And people have always asked me, geez, you know, do you miss Yum! Brands? And I say, I didn't know I could love something so much and miss it so little. And (laughs) the reason is that I've filled my life up with what really gives me joy.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny. I talk to a lot of business owners that are selling their businesses or retiring or needing to step into a different role because the business has grown kind of beyond their capabilities. And I think what you just described there is they get so much personally from the business that it's kind of like they feel lost. And I think a lot of people retire because they're so attached to the thing as opposed to what you just described, what you got from the thing, as opposed to what it meant to you.
1: Yeah. And so many people, you know, when they do retire, it leads to depression, it leads to illness, it leads to, you know, death because they don't have anything that that gets them inspired every day. So I think it's a constant process of understanding where you're at and figuring out where you want to go. I remember another story I talk about in the book is when I was, I came up in marketing and You know, I realized when I was at Pepsi, I met with the chairman of PepsiCo at the time, Wayne Calloway. He one time, he asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, look, I'd like to be a division president of one of the Pepsi divisions. And he said, you're a really good marketing guy, David. And I said, well, I'd like to be a division president. He said, you're a really good marketing guy, David. And I knew when I walked out of there, That he thought I was a really good marketing guy, but if I was going to be a division president, I better get some operations experience. And so I went out and got the operations experience and then that helped me become president of KFC and the rest is history. But it's like you, that's getting a real understanding of, you know, how other
0: people see you, not just how you see yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, David, thank you so much for stopping by the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. You want to share where people, obviously the book will be available wherever you buy books. You want to share where people might connect with you and your work?
1: Yeah, I think you can go to takechargeofyou.com for an order the book. If you go to davidnovakleadership.com, you can learn about the leadership programs we have. It's nonprofit, but we're focused on, as you mentioned earlier, developing leaders at at, at every age group. And, you know, we're make, making huge progress. And you can follow me on uh, Twitter at David Novak Ogo. I try to pro- provide a leadership inspiration every day and share my podcast that I do.
0: Awesome. Well, again, thanks for stopping by the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast, and hopefully we'll run into you one of these days out there on the road, David.
1: Okay. Thank you very much, John. I appreciate
0: it. All right. That wraps up another episode of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Feel free to share this show. Feel free to give us reviews. You know, we love those things. Also, did you know that we had created training? marketing training for your team. If you've got employees, if you've got a staff member that wants to learn a marketing system, how to install that marketing system in your business, check it out. It's called the Certified Marketing Manager Program from Duct Tape Marketing. You can find it at ducttapemarketing.com and just scroll down a little and find that tab that says training for your team.